0: I don't know what to do anymore when you share (laughs) mics. Hey, uh, guess what? Welcome to Cross Point Fellowship. We've got some kids in some Halloween costumes. And I'm uh, starting an impromptu Halloween parade. I'm not. (laughs) Everyone that has a costume on, if you want to stand up, we're doing this. We're marching around right through here. Show off these great costumes. Uh, Here we go. You got 35 seconds. And go. March it around. We're marching around. March around the, the circle. The impromptu circle. Here we are. Come on through here. Show off these great costumes. Great job. All right. Welcome to Crosswind Fellowship. All right, great job. All right, parade's over. (laughs) Let's do
1: (laughs) this. All right, uh, go ahead and stand up up with me, everybody together. Let's sing together. We want to be a church where freedom reigns. We want to be a people. Full of grace
2: we want to be a shelter where the broke find their place we want to be a refuge for the weak we want to be a light for the world to see we want to be a love that breaks the walls and fills the streets oh.
3: Thanks for singing with us. Have a seat. Sorry, a little late to the stage. I don't know if your arm was getting tired there. Uh, I got some one-liners this morning, Jack. I almost asked you to stay on the drums because I might need a little Bunham help here with some of these with these Halloween. I'll, I'll point to you, or maybe I'll just I'm in a great mood. I'll just let you decide. I'm gonna take a whack. If this if this falls flat, I'm never doing it again. So hey, hey, I'm help you we'll year. just see. Okay. Uh, so Ava asked me this morning why I don't wear a costume while I'm not wearing one this year and I told her because when I was a kid I was trick-or-treating way too long like I've more than made up for the years that I could be doing it as an adult and me and my friends were so cool we as a group went as like Bill Clinton and Bob Dole and Ross Perot we had Saddam Hussein Yasser Arafat I was Fidel Castro had my little fake cigar oh it was uh it was a good time so I was like uh eh, I, I was way too old to be trick-or-treating but most thank yeah <laughs> it only gets better from here. <laughs> uh, but most of my Halloween costumes these days would seem to center around my bald head, uh, and I've been told that with a goatee, uh, I look kind of like Anton Lavey. Uh, which, if you think about it, would kind of be like the ultimate Halloween costume for obvious reasons, right? But I've I've decided to never uh, leverage that similarity, and would probably not be appropriate for coming to church this morning. Then uh, I thought about shaving my beard and painting an arrow on my head so that way I could be Aang from Avatar, the last airbender, but the only airbending that I know how to do is not pleasant. (laughs) So ultimately I decided to wear this sweatshirt because Chelsea absolutely hates it because I wear it like a million days in a row. So at least maybe I will successfully be able to scare at least one person. (laughs) Uh, thanks. That's it. Those, that's, those are my liners. Thanks, Jack. Thank you really made, like, it would have been really awkward without that, dude. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I wanted it to, to, to kind of, you know, go in upward direction from there. All right. So now the actual announcements, uh, we could still use a few volunteers to pass out candy to the kids after church here in the big room. We have six people who've committed. We could use at least 10, so uh, there is a cardboard box back there under the camera in the back of the room on the table. If you can stay for a few minutes, and it's just a few minutes after church, just go ahead and you don't have to say anything, go to anybody, just grab a bag. And after service, we'll spread out and hand out the candy. So just take it, hang on to it, and then after service, you can spread out. Use your discretion uh, about how much candy to give each kid. Uh, we need some volunteers as well for the cleaning team. How awesome. Yes, the cleaning team. Uh, during the week, this church does not clean itself. There is no cleaning fairy that comes and sweeps and takes out the trash, uh, and we are low on volunteers. So it is uh, if you are into humble service that nobody sees in the background, we could use a few people who can sweep, mop, and take out the trash. If that's you and you're willing to serve, come see me and I will get you signed up for the cleaning team. We are collecting two different items uh, for two different charities. First, we're collecting peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Well. Just peanut butter, not don't make the don't make them into sandwiches. Well, and that's when Clayton or uh, when Caitlin texted me. I was like. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Okay, I guess, I mean, I can announce it from the stage. I figured, I'm like, the deadline is November 29th, and if people come with sandwiches next week, like, what's going to happen? I was like, okay, so this is your deal. Okay, so we need jelly and peanut butter, uh, no sandwich part, that we are collecting for Wheel Fed Pantry, and the deadline for that is November 29th. Also, ooh, good question. See Caitlin. She's the point of contact. You can ask her about Nutella. Uh, Also, November 29th, we are looking for boxes of stovetop stuffing. The goal is 100 boxes. Uh, By November 29th, Pastor Paul is the contact for stovetop stuffing. So, if you can bring peanut butter and jelly and or stovetop stuffing, by November 29th, we are going to give those. And that the... Stovetop is for people helping people. Okay, that does it for me. You want to say welcome to Crosspoint, we're glad you're here. And then you'll have five minutes, connection break, coffee, all that kind of stuff. Kids go back into the kids area, masks are required, don't forget. You want to say welcome to Crosspoint, glad you're here. Nope, welcome to Crosspoint, glad you're here. Well, good morning. We are so glad that you have joined us here this morning.
4: For those of you in-house or if you're at home and you want to run up here really fast, we do have some hash brown casserole uh that's got extra gluten and dairy in it but we also have an apple crisp type deliciousness that has no gluten or dairy and it's quite tasty so you won't offend me if you want to go grab a snack during the sermon as long as you'll listen and i don't have to hear you chew while i preach it was a joke um i don't know if you guys know this or not but jack had to single father it today and uh miller was the only kid not wearing a costume and so jack asked me if we wanted to do the parade and i said we certainly did and uh, right before, if you guys heard Miller, he said, everybody's in these wonderful costumes. And Miller goes, not me. Um, he, he actually came as disappointed kid. So <laughs> where's the drums now? Hey, I literally told you to do the parade just to set up that joke. So I appreciate you. I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, uh,
4: I know. It, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Alterman, for all your parade needs, contact him. Uh, we are in our final week, week eight of the series Beatitudes and Beyond. I want to kind of give you a schedule update of what's going to happen the next couple weeks. So next week we have a one-off uh, sermon. Jake is going to be preaching next week. I think that it's important that you're here. I won't tell you what the subject is because some of you guys will try to do- dodge out. I know you. Uh, but I <laughs> think it's important. I think you shall be here. I'm excited for that message. And uh, I think it will be beneficial for each and every one of us. And then the week after that, Clay is going to preach. We're going to give him that week to kind of lay out vision. Uh, If you have a youth-age child and you want to know what his plans are and kind of what his views of youth ministry are and ministry in general uh, and what's important to him, that's what's going to come that second week. And then week three, we're going to have our All Worship Sunday and we're going to do the Lord's Supper. Um, So that's what the next three weeks after this look like. Uh, Please, please, please be here. Uh, Those are going to be some great weeks for us. Now, we move to today. Uh, Over the last few weeks... Um, over the last couple weeks at the gathering, uh, we have shared testimonies during the gathering Wednesday night, 6:30 here at church. Uh, that's an advertisement. And while I won't share any personal details about what the testimonies were or what people had to say, uh, I will say this: there was one overarching theme—grace, grace. The realization that each of us came to—that that Jesus received uh, that Jesus was in, wasn't interested in punishment but forgiveness. The idea that we all receive something that we didn't deserve. Christ doesn't treat us as we deserve. He has no interest in re- retaliation, and while he will condemn us, he isn't eager to do so. As Christians, we should match Christ's grace for grace in our designs with people, in our dealings with people, not designs for people. I'm having trouble today. It's not easy, uh, but it's absolutely perfect. Now, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, once again, 38. We're going to look from 38 to 48. The back half of that passage I've covered in depth before, and so we're kind of going to focus on the first half, but we'll look at the whole thing. It says this, you've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on evil and good, and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So today I want to really talk about what we can learn from this passage. And there's two main lessons I want us to focus on. And the first one is this, and it's one that Jesus is stating very clearly, but yet it's not explicit in the passage. And it's it's that just because you can doesn't mean that you have to. Just because you can doesn't mean that you have to. You see, the terminology used here in verse 38, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, finds its root in several Old Testament passages. First, in Exodus 22, it says, if people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman, and she gave birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands, and the court allows. But if there is a serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. In Leviticus 24, verse 19 and 20, it says, anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Deuteronomy, 19, I'm going to read kind of verse, I call it 19b, the second half of the verse through 21. You must purge the evil from among you. The rest of the people will hear of this and be afraid. And never again will such an evil thing be done among you. Show no pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. These verses are the basis for the Latin phrase lex talionis. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it sounds cool. Lex talionis, the law of retaliation, the law of retaliation. You see, the law's original intent was to protect the powerless, ensure that the punishment that they received didn't go above and beyond the crime. Wanted to make sure that everyone was fairly punished for their transgressions. Now, in Matthew 5, I'm sure that Jesus dropped more than a few jaws when he taught that just because you can doesn't mean that you should doesn't mean that you have to. Just because there is a law of retaliation does not mean that you, as my believers, as God's children, have to. The the reason, the reason that Jesus would have shocked the crowd is because there was a very different teaching coming from the religious teachers and the religious leaders of law in that day. And that was that not only should you retaliate, but you should take joy in doing so. You see, the the Pharisees, they demanded retaliation. They demanded retaliation, and they enjoyed ensuring that people met their reward for their actions. What Jesus is teaching is that just because retaliation is your right doesn't mean that it's your best course of action. All of us have situations that we can think of in our life where we were wronged. Where we were wronged. And it's our natural inclination to look at those times and say, I want justice. We crave it, we demand it. I want justice. I want that person to get what they deserve. Jesus is here teaching the people that if you really want to show them God, if you want to show them Christ, don't give them what they deserve. Give them what I have given you. The righteous don't have to claim their right. The righteous don't have to claim their right. See, a righteous man would be characterized by humility and selflessness. Now, I want you to picture a man by the very definition of who he is was wronged by every person in the entire world. And instead of choosing his right to repayment, instead of having people punished for their wrongdoing... For their crime of bankrupting his storehouse, instead of having people embarrassed and shamed, chose instead to live among them and with him brought not only forgiveness, but a better way and a new life filled with riches beyond their wildest imaginations. Then I want you to think about Jesus, who was there in the beginning with God. And who gave of himself with God to create a perfect world. A perfect world. A world that we can't even comprehend. A world more perfect than we can imagine. And that world that he gave of himself to create was broken by the sin of man. We wronged him. We wronged him. We robbed his storehouse. And while his and his father's choice could have been death for death, eye for eye foot for foot. Because Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. You see, his right was to choose death. His right was to choose punishment. He could have stood before the people and delivered punishment and done so justly and done so with good cause. But he chose not to. Because Romans 6.23 goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life In Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, we lost a world that's beyond comprehension. We just can't quite grasp it because our world is nothing close to the perfection that God created. And frankly, we deserve death for its destruction. We deserve death for its destruction. But yet we still have an opportunity to live with Christ in a world that's beyond our wildest dreams, our wildest expectations that right has been afforded to each and every person here, each and every one of us in the room, each and every one of us that may be listening online. And so that when t- Christ teaches, when Christ teaches that even though we can demand retaliation, doesn't mean that we should. He's doing so with divine perspective. He's doing so with divine perspective. What we have to understand about Jesus is that Jesus, the perfect son of God, gave of himself... In more ways than I think we realize. See, at the beginning of the Gospels, what are we told? At the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus was there from day one, with God, sitting at the right hand of the Father, exalted in heaven, exalted in heaven, and chose, despite all of that, despite living in the king's castle despite having imaginable unimaginable riches chose to come and live on earth as a man a poor man among the worst of the worst of society knowing that he would come to earth and leave his castle leave his throne to be beaten To be rejected, to be spit on, to be mocked, to have his body broken. And at any second, at any second, he could have said enough of this. At any second, he could have said, you're not worth it. I've lived among you. I've seen the sin of man. And it's my determination that you are not worthy of the blood that I'm about to shed on this cross. But knowing that that would be the outcome, knowing that that was the end game, He came anyways and he walked this earth and he lived a life, a sinless life to give us the ultimate example of what our lives should be. And we don't deserve him. And you don't deserve him. We live in a world that is just sodden with entitlement. The entitlement just overflows. And I know I'm going to sound like an old man, I'm 30, and things didn't used to be this way when I was young. (laughs) But when you're around kids every single day, you see that the entitlement has grown from generation to generation. And I will sit here and tell you 100% that I am more entitled than my father and mother were. I feel more entitlement than my grandparents certainly ever did. And that kids these days, to no fault of their own, I want to make that clear, to no fault of their own, are taking it to another level. And with each generation, I think that's going to get worse. And the reason why is because sin gets worse. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. We know but things are ultimately going to get really bad before Jesus makes them all better. Scripture makes that clear. But we live in a world that says, I need to get mine. And not only do I need to get mine, but I deserve it. And far be it from anyone to take away from me what I deserve. And we walk around feeling like we deserve and need everything that we want. How dare we? How dare we? Because here's the thing. If we got what we deserved, if you got what you deserved, what you would receive is death. What you would receive is death. And that's an uncomfortable truth. I don't enjoy saying it to anyone of any age. But what we deserve for our actions, for the way that we live our life, for the sin and the evil that we put out into this world is death. But Christ, but Christ. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that, at the end of the day, is what matters. And just because we can, it doesn't mean that we should. Just because we can demand retaliation, just because we have a good case, just because we have been wronged, just because somebody has done evil to us, does not mean that we have to demand that that happens to them. Does not mean that we have to wish evil on them. Does not mean that we have to hope for their demise and their destruction. And so what we need to further understand is this, don't give of yourself. Don't give of yourself. Give of God. Don't give of yourself, give of God. Matthew 5:42 through 45. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you, for you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. You see since day 1 the way that Christ lived his lives and the things that he taught were counterculture. They are counterculture. It's the opposite of the world. He always has been, he always will be. Always. We talked about it last week the way that Christ lives his life. The way that he expects us to live our lives. Our belief in the gospel, is foolishness to a world that does not believe. They think we're stupid. They think we're idiots. They hear what we believe, and they laugh at us. You see, in our human side says you're laughing at me, you think I'm stupid, you think I'm foolish. Get what's coming to you. Get what's coming to you. We'll see who's laughing in the end. but not Christ. Not Christ. He was laughed at. He was called foolish. He was spit on. He was beaten. I could say it over and over and over again. And yet he did not give to the crowd and he did not give to the people who called for his death what it was that they deserved. He gave them life when they deserved death. See, Christ does not give as the world gives. John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your trouble do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He does not give as the world gives. Listen to Christ's own words about Christians, John fifteen nineteen. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. The thing that we need to understand as Christians is that this world is not our home. This world is not our home. It's a cell. Specifically, it's a jail cell that we are imprisoned in. It is imperfect. It is sinful. It is the opposite of Christ and the opposite of God. And we are called... We are called to while we are living out our sentence and serving out our sentence to live a life that reflects Christ. To live a life that reflects Christ. That doesn't say, I'm gonna give as the world gives. That doesn't say, well, that person called me a name so I'm gonna call them a worse name. That doesn't say, well, that person hit me so I'm gonna hit back twice as hard. That doesn't say they lied To me, Or they lied about me and so I'm going to destroy their whole world by painting a completely different picture of who they are. We want justice, but we want more than that. We want beyond justice. We want to be justified. We want to be righteous. We want others to have it worse than we do when they've wronged us. If Christ didn't have that expectation, guess what? We have no right to either. We have no right to either. You see, the world isn't our home. It's a cell. It's a temporary prison. The world doesn't love us, and we should not love the world. That means that its sense of justice has no place in your train of thought. Don't give how you would give, you dirty sinners. I could say that in a mirror too. Don't give as you would give, you dirty sinners. Give how the Father has given to you. Give how the Father has given to you. Give how the Father has given to you. Give Give not of yourself. Give not of yourself. Give of God. Give not of yourself, give of God. Romans twelve seventeen through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, only light can drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness. And frankly, we don't even know what justice is. We think we do. We do the best that we can. But justice is a foreign idea to people who are filled with sin. Just is. And we would love to think that we have a firm grasp on that, but we don't. We just don't. See, justice is God's. Justice is God's. And true justice can only be delivered from a perfect and sinless being. And that's God. And so leave it to Him. Listen, people talk about the idea of karma karma right it, it, that, that what goes around comes around and oftentimes we don't realize that it has biblical grounds you see jesus will repay people what they deserve it's his to avenge because he is the chief justice and he is the only one worthy of delivering justice you're a sinner i'm a sinner By definition, we are broken and we are imperfect. And the only thing that we should give is what's been given to us, which is grace beyond our wildest expectation. And so in your dealings with people and the way that you live your life, be a beacon of grace. Choose grace first before anything else. God will avenge. God will avenge. And if you have faith in God in other things, then you need to have faith in God in that as well. Tell Jericho all the time, we've got to take care of what we can take care of and we've got to give God the rest. Well, What we can take care of is being a Christ-like example for the world around us who will laugh in our face who will think that we're foolish, who will hear our message and automatically discredit it because they don't know Jesus. But they will if you show them who he is. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. Lord, I I just, I want this truth, these truths to soak into us, to to push us in the direction that we choose to walk in life, to guide our every step. Lord, we have no business seeking justice. We have no business demanding anything. We have no business taking what is rightfully yours. God, you have given us the opposite of what we deserve, the absolute opposite of what we deserve. And my hope is and my prayer is that we'll see that and we'll be able to grasp that and we will treat others accordingly. That we'll live a life, our life, in a way that says I'm not going to treat people the way that they deserve. I'm going to treat people the way that God has treated me. And that just because I can doesn't mean that I will. And at the end of the day, I understand that I've got to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and that I've got to love my neighbor as myself and treat them how I want to be treated. Help us to be instruments of grace. To show a world that's clouded in darkness, that so often they don't even see light. May our only affiliation, may our only dedication be to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to um, stand, please, and worship with us and, and, and worship God. Some of you out there, I'm sure, have questions, have things that you need to pray about have issues in your life that, that you're handling in a way that is demanding justice rather than showing grace. And guys, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a human being. I don't always act like it, I'm sure, but, but I'm a human being, which means that I'm imperfect and I'm a sinner. And so there are times when I should show grace that I want justice just as bad as anybody else. There are times when I'm angered by the way that people treat me. And my first reaction is to go for the throat. I'm not standing up here as a person that's got it all figured out. I'm not standing up here as the most intelligent being in the room or the most godly. I'm standing up here as a sinner that's been saved by grace, that's been giving something that he did not deserve, who time and time again spit on Jesus spit on God and told them both that their teachings were foolish that I didn't believe who they were I might be responsible for sending somebody to a place they don't need to go That's the thing that I struggle with the most because I've lived such a great portion of my life not for God. Still, to this point, I've lived more of my life against God and not for God than I have for God. When you want to talk about a sinner, I can compete with the worst of the worst. I just can. I know that I have pushed people down the wrong path. I know that I've dragged people down the wrong path. I know that people still to this day, because they, of who I was, will look at me and say, He's a hypocrite and he's a liar. And if he believes that, then I definitely never will, because that's the type of person that I was. And the only thing I can say to them is, You are right. I was evil. I was dirty. I was a sinner. I did bad things to you. And I'm sorry. And I wish that I could take it all back, but I can't. I can't do that. The only thing that I can do is from this point forward live a life that says that there's something greater beyond myself. And that something greater is Jesus. And I've been depressed and I've been filled with anxiety and I've done drugs and I've sinned things after things after thing. I can just make a list. I've done it all. And it was wrong. But Christ has forgiven me. And I know I'm undeserving. I am absolutely 1,000% undeserving. There's nothing I could ever do to deserve it. Ever. But Christ does not treat us the way that we deserve to be treated. And he could have demanded repayment. But chose grace, gave forgiveness, and with it gave me a life beyond my wildest imagination. And that is available for each and every one of us. If you don't know that, and I mean really know it, if that doesn't change your heart and your mind, if you don't know who Jesus is, you need to and you should talk to me today before you leave this place and if you want to question my belief why i believe how i could believe think i'm foolish think i'm stupid that's fine cuz i was in your shoes at one point i thought those very same things but god is bigger god is bigger and i believe that his truth is undeniable And that if you seek him, if you seek him, if you look for him, you will find him. Because he has never been far from you. He is just waiting for you to realize that he's with you and that you need him. And if you ask, you will receive. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done because once you know Jesus... What becomes important is what you will do and how you will live your life and how you will advance the kingdom. The past is just that, the past. And it becomes the past the second you accept Christ as your Savior. And if you've never actually made that commitment, you need to. Something that you have to do. And you should know that you're loved. I love you. God loves you. Christ loves you. This church loves you. Let's stand. Let's worship. If you need to come pray with me, come grab me and let's pray. You want to talk to me about something, that's what I'm here for. But for now, just stand and lift your voices to God.
2: ¡Gracias! inside
1: things that's at the heart of the issue that we talked about today is is peace it's it's um they've wronged me they've they've done you know evil against me and the only way that i'm going to get peace in this world is to deal them back the same right to to get back to get revenge when jesus says when god says revenge is mine it's not yours um like like paul said we don't know justice god knows justice he's the author of it he knows what 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 punishment needs needs to come if any um, it's our job to forgive, and, and it's, so, it's so counterintuitive to what the world says, but we we achieve peace when we forgive, not when we get revenge. That's when peace comes in. Peace over me, That what we just sang about. Say the word, and I will set my feet upon the seas. Tell me to do the things that is contrary to what the world says I should do, and that's when peace comes. Um, our job is to forgive. It is his job to do whatever needs to be done um, whatever punish- punishment needs to come and I, I just keep thinking about the words of Jesus about how he was on the cross being spat upon, being mo- ridiculed, mocked um, in front of everyone, all of his loved ones and family and saying Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing and for us to have that same kind of, that love that forgiveness for our enemies um, is something that we can't do on our own, we need God to, to help us with that Let's. uh, I'm going to pray for our offering real quick, and we're going to sing one more song together before we go, um, before we wrap up the series today. Um, You can give online. You can uh, give in person. We have a box in the back that you can give as as you leave this morning. We're not going to pass it this morning, Um, so uh, feel free to do that. But let's pray for our tithe and offering. God, we give to you. um, We give you our tithes and our offerings, Lord, because we know that you are. Um, trustworthy that you can take that that money and and make beautiful things out of it bring uh, restore relationships to you bring lives back into control and god i pray lord that that as we give and as we sing lord that you would be the the same god that that forgave us that took care of all of our sins washed them away uh, looked past what we had done to you past our offenses how we spat in your face and gave us forgiveness instead, gave us grace instead, and help us to turn that cheek and turn that grace to those um, amongst us that are are our enemies, those who have wronged us. God, help us to be um, lovers, people who love just like you are um, the greatest lover that has ever been. Give us some of that love, Lord Jesus, as we give to you our tithes and offerings as as we sing, God, just... um, fill our hearts with grace um, and just be magnified in our lives. We need you to be um, the, the one that makes that change. Amen, I pray. Amen.
2: We're creation Suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then from north to south and east to west We'd hear Christ be They would burst from Seattle and- cause you're there too yes i won't be for my fears i'll hold fast to what is true and if the cross brings transformation then i'll be crucified with you because death is just a doorway into resurrection life and if i join you in your suffering then i'll join you when you rise still be singing and my soul will be
1: Series that um, eight weeks now we've been going through the um, uh, Matthew five and just the Beatitudes from the Beatitudes and on and so we've just been celebrating what God wants to do in our lives He wants us to be different from the world uh, to do these things that are contrary to what is uh, popular opinion and so um, we sing that song Christ be magnified um, we're gonna uh, do some treats for the kids right what's happening. All right. Thanks for being here this morning. Come back next week for Jake uh, Preaching.